Hi everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Emblem Podcast, or welcome if you're new. My name is Abby Aslan, and I'm the host of this podcast. And this week we're going to be talking about something that I've actually never really talked about before, so I'm really excited. We're going to be talking about leaning into independence and solitude and sort of just quality time with yourself and alone time in your 20s because I think so many of us in our 20s deal with seasons of loneliness in so many different ways, whether that's we're surrounded by a ton of people but we still feel so lonely or maybe we feel lonely because we just haven't really found a significant other that we really hit it off well with or we feel lonely because we're we don't live close to our family anymore or we don't live close to any of our college friends or whatever the case may be so I really think this episode is going to be super helpful for anyone listening whether you're you know in a city and you live with all your closest friends or maybe you are happily married and you know there are so many different situations I could list off here but I think that no matter what stage of life you're in this episode can be super super helpful for you so I'm really excited to share my tips for how to lean into alone time and quality time with yourself and independence in your 20s because I think sort of just being a very independent person in your 20s is hard because of social media because it just it's always feeling like you know people just have big friend groups or you know everybody's in a relationship or whatever it may be and it's really easy to compare ourselves and almost feel like we can't be independent and happy at the same time which is the farthest thing from the truth and you can even be independent when you're in a relationship if you're married like there is it is so important to maintain your individuality and your independence and still be your own person so this is really about just like embracing being your own person and you know the things you love and what makes you you and how to like really lean into spending time with yourself in your 20s so that you know you know yourself best basically so I'm super excited but before we get into it y'all know we're going to get started with the quote of the week and this week the quote is by Jericho Silvers and it comes from Pinterest and it says in the entirety of our lives it's never a matter of being whole but a matter of flowing what will you take in and what will you say goodbye to what will you welcome and what will you let go and I just really liked this because I feel like I go through these phases and I know that I shouldn't be doing this this that's the annoying thing like subconsciously I know that I'm never going to get to this place of feeling whole and get to this place of feeling like all the boxes are checked you know what I mean and sometimes I feel like I get that's what I get so caught up in I'm just always searching for the next thing and I'm just you know in the pursuit of this whole feeling I'm feeling like everything is you know, the where it needs to be and that all these boxes are checked and whatnot, but it's so not the way, you know, life is because we're never, if we're chasing a feeling of being whole, you know, we're never going to get that and at least not with, you know, worldly things and it really is all about, you know, just assessing through different seasons of life. What am I, you know, taking in during the season and what am I letting go of and, that's just kind of how life is and instead of focusing on getting to this place of feeling and being whole by whatever standard 
it's just so much better to focus on, you know, instead of, oh, I'm going to focus on like trying to be as my life be as ideal as possible in my, by my set of standards. Instead of that, like maybe look at it as, you know, in this moment and in the season of life, you know, what am I welcoming and like what do I want more of and what do I want to let go of during the season instead of focusing so much on it being this, you know, 100% ideal scenario that you're after because chances are you're just setting yourself up for disappointment with, you know, striving after something that you can't really like guarantee and reach. And I think that part of like the modern day self-care movement sort of accidentally put this in this position because it's always, you know, about your ideal self and visualizing like your highest self and everything. And while all of that's really great and motivating, sometimes you can get so caught up in that, like you're you're really like striving for this just almost unattainable because it's like a hole in every single as- aspect of your life type of situation. And, you know, you're thinking of like the absolute optimal scenario in every spot of your life but instead if you just focus on you know like okay well in order to feel the way that version of myself would feel what can I focus on adding more of in my life to get to that place or you know taking out instead of just focusing on oh how can I you know become like this whole person and (laughs) check all these boxes because that's just a lot more of a difficult thing to reach I guess you could say and instead of doing a goal this week I'm actually gonna do two pieces of gratitude we're gonna do a little gratitude um overload today because I'm just feeling extra grateful so first and foremost and I knew I wanted to like mention this as my gratitude when I like heard of it this week first and foremost my dear talent manager that which if you are listening for the first time or if you just haven't been listening very long I am a tax accountant like by day and I've been a content creator on YouTube and Instagram and I'm like kind of on I mean I'm on TikTok but I like recently got on TikTok but I've been on YouTube and Instagram mainly since 2017 actually oh my gosh ah three pieces of gratitude holy cow um since three or since 2017 and my anniversary was actually yesterday and I'm recording this on Saturday night so two days before the podcast goes up so my anniversary on YouTube was yesterday of six years of being on YouTube which is crazy so I've been creating content on YouTube and everything for six years and I'm super grateful for all of you guys so that's my number one piece of gratitude because I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't ever start the YouTube channel you know what I mean or maybe I would have down the road but like I really feel like the reason I started the podcast was because I was like okay all these conversations that I'm having in my videos like these long-form conversations now there's like a platform where I can do that rather than like taking up visual space with talking in a video so I am extra extra grateful for each and every one of you and you know whether you're just a podcast listener whether you like consume all of the content I create I'm equally grateful for each and every one of you and I couldn't I really just can't put into words how much it's meant to me to have such a strong community, especially because y'all are literally the best. Like I have such a strong core community that's just been, some of y'all have, you know, like really just been by my side with me since the beginning. And even if you haven't, it's like I noticed the same people and like the same group of you. And it's just 
so special to have like such a strong community through so many different life changes and phases of life and I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't you know live the life I live if it wasn't for you all so I'm beyond grateful for each and every one of you and I wish I could literally like look each and every one of you in the eyes and like just like give you a hug and say that because like I wish I could physically express the gratitude in that sense but going off of that my second piece of gratitude um my YouTube manager which I got I signed to like a talent agency in like one year after I started wait no two years after I started YouTube in 2019 I guess or maybe it was 2018 no it was definitely 2018 I don't really know I can't really remember timing wise when it was but basically the my the agency I'm under for social media is called the Sociable Society and they've actually grown a ton in recent years but when I first talked to them. I like thought I was getting scammed, honestly, because I had never heard. Because like when I was on YouTube when I was starting out, you know, you heard of like there being managers, like the style hall people, like from way back in the day, and that's the kind of situation I thought it was, where it like wasn't like a true manager situation, and they were just you know taking your basically all of your AdSense revenue, but that's not the situation at all. And so like when they reached out to me because I grew really really fast on YouTube because I kind of was like on YouTube and creating college content right when college content was very getting very popular so it was kind of just right place right time situation and these this couple that runs the talent agency that I'm under Jay and Emily they're great they had like reached out they're like we want you know to sign you on to our team or whatever and be like on our roster as you know a content creator And I was one of, like, their first creators. I definitely wasn't the first, but I was, like, one of the first. I'm I'm definitely, like, one of the OGs, I guess you could say. And my talent manager that I had when I signed, I've been with her. We've been together for, like, five years, basically. Or, yeah, I think four and a half, five years. And she texted me this week that she is um, changing jobs and, which I won't say her name just in case, like, that. I don't know. I don't want to be like airing something she hasn't aired to people and then like maybe somehow somebody hears it on the podcast and then finds out and whatever. You never know who's listening type of thing. I don't think she's listening. I highly, highly doubt it. But I am beyond grateful for her. And it was the most just it it didn't really catch me by surprise because I honestly like had like a gut feeling that like something was up. And like recently, and not because anything bad happened, but it just because I was just kind of like, oh, I just feel like, you know, something's up with her. Like, I don't know. I could just tell. Like, I'm just intuitive like that. And so she sent me a text that, you know, and she, she was saying like, I wanted to call you, but I knew I would cry if I called. And like, she was like, but here I am crying anyways after you responded because I sent her like this really long text. And I was like, you just have no idea how much it means to me to have had you know, someone by my side since the beginning through all of these different life changes. And like, I give major props to all like talent managers that manage influencers, because I'm sure like, I know that there's some people that you work with probably as a talent manager that are like extremely difficult to work with. And I've always tried to be, you know, I've always been very professional, I would say for the most part, like tried to be as professional as I can and treated it like a true job. Because I just know it's, you know, the livelihood of more than just myself. Like, it's also the livelihood of my manager that we're talking about. So I've always tried to be as professional as possible. And it just, it was such a bittersweet thing to just realize she's 
you know, moving on to something else because she's been with me since the beginning. And it just really was like this thing of like, wow, like she has, we've like been and we've never met in person, but like she's been with me for so long and just it's crazy how fast time flies because like I cannot believe she's been my manager for that long but she was absolutely incredible she worked so hard and she she's gonna be great wherever she is and I'm going to miss her so much as a talent manager because she was just so great and always so helpful and just always willing to help me with things like when we were moving and I needed like a ton of like information for buying our house like she was really helping me out a ton with that just like little things like that like that she didn't have to help me with and then when I started my full-time job like working you know in accounting now you know I told her I was like look I'm not gonna be able to do as many brand deals because I now have like a legitimate full-time job And she was always so understanding when I was like, look, I'm in busy season. I need to find something that's like a continuous contract. So it's easier for me to do rather than a ton of one-off sponsorships. And she like made that happen last year. And just like a lot of, she was just great. So I could talk about her all day long, but I'm so grateful for her and the time that I got to have with her as my talent manager because she honestly was a big part and like absolutely changing my life and I'm so grateful for her and it's also a very full circle moment because she is leaving but one of my close friends from college which I didn't unfortunately meet her until my senior year of college basically and she we were TAs together in economics and she didn't want to do anything like an econ when she graduated or in finance, which is what she had like majored in. And you all have probably heard me talk about her. And I actually had her on the podcast a long time ago. And um, my friend Lexi, she actually works at my talent agency that manages me, the Social Sociable Society. And she did the podcast Instagram content for a little bit. Like right after she graduated, I was like, look, I will pay you to, you know, just run the Instagram because like I can't do it all. And just to like kind of get her some experience in social media because that's kind of what she knew she wanted to be in. And I was like, this could be just like something you can put on your portfolio so you can like have at least something related to social media when you do start applying the jobs. So she did that for me for about a year while I was in grad school and it was great. And she works at my talent agency now and now she's going to be my manager. And I helped her get the job in terms of like I recommended her to my talent agency when she was like, okay, I'm ready to start like applying for full-time jobs. I recommended her and she interviewed and then she became a talent manager and she's been there now for some time, but she never managed me because I have my OG manager that I've had for forever. And now she's going to be like my talent manager. So it's just like so full circle that it, how that happened. And it's kind of crazy. So it's like, I'm, very sad and bittersweet that my old manager is leaving um but at the same time like it's the turning of a new leaf I'm very excited for her future and like what she's going to be doing next and I hope that everything is great with that but it's I'm I'm excited that who I'm getting as like my new manager is my friend that I know because I know she works so hard and she's going to be so great to work with and it'll be so nice because we don't really like keep in touch as often as we should and I feel like this is going to like force us to like keep up with each other more often which is needed you know so I'm very thankful for that but anyways that's the second piece of gratitude third one I'll try to keep short and sweet since I've been rambling now for some time but 
I'm really grateful for time with my friends because sometimes like you just see your friends and especially if you don't see them often and you all know like I I really don't have a lot of friends locally in Houston and I've lived here for quite some time now and like I kind of get a little bit self-conscious about it just being a hundred percent transparent I do get a little bit I'm like why am I getting teary-eyed right now am I okay I get a little bit self-conscious when I think about the fact that I've been in Houston for quite some time now and I haven't really made a ton of new friends organically like I have my one of my closest friends here but we like met like back in 2018 so it's just like nice that we you know live in the same city now which is totally fine like I'm so happy and so thankful that I have her here and then I have like my sister-in-law and my brother which I'm very thankful for of course um but I haven't made any like new friends organically per se and I have like through work I guess you could say but like not to where we're on a level of being like close friends like we would grab a coffee together every now and then but like that's as far as it has gone with anybody I've met I feel like and I get self-conscious about it sometimes because I'm like I've been here for a really long time now like I, I tell myself in my head oh I haven't been here that long I'm like new to the city so it's okay that like I haven't really like gone out of my way to like I guess make you know, new friends organically, and then I, like, realize, oh, the only people I've met have been, like, you know, it's, like, oh, my fiance is, like, friends from high school, and, like, I already knew most of them anyways, and, you know, like, I just haven't really, I guess, put myself out there in that sense, and I do get self-conscious when I think about how long I've been here, and the fact that I haven't really, um, I guess, met a lot of people, like, myself on my own doing, So I'm just really thankful for my time with friends because when I get to spend time with my friends, it makes me realize like how little time I do spend with friends like here in Houston on my day-to-day life. And I have never realized how much I sacrifice in order to do like YouTube and having a podcast on top of my full-time job until I see my friends that like live in other cities or when I see my friends here in Houston because I don't do that stuff very often so when I do it it makes me realize how much social time I truly do sacrifice in order to make all of this work because it didn't really feel like much at first but then it's like when I see friends I'm like this is something I I technically I don't want to say should because there is no rules but you know I'd say on average everyone should hopefully have some sort of social time whether that's 30 minutes or an hour at least a week I would say with someone that they would consider a friend or something like that or maybe it's with a family member and I just definitely don't really get that I mean obviously my fiance and I like live together so we spend a lot of time together in that sense but even then like I we don't get a lot of quality one-on-one time because I'm always you know there's always something that I need to be doing which isn't I'm not proud of it honestly I'm really not proud of it um I did take pride in it for a while because I was like I am proud of myself for managing all of this but I'm now at the point where I'm like this isn't good for me long term obviously um so it's kind of a little bit of a struggle in my head but with all that being said I it's like late Saturday night right now like literally 10 30 and I went to Dallas last night for like literally I was in Dallas for 20 hours I um literally left right when I finished work yesterday evening on Friday and 
drove to Dallas, got there around like 8.30 and stayed overnight and left today at like 4, 4.30. So I wasn't even there full 24 hours, but it was kind of a last minute spontaneous thing where I just decided one of my friends was going to be in Dallas for the Luke Combs concert and she lives in Seattle and she's one of my close college friends. So I don't get to see her very often. She's like in my wedding and everything. And um, I'm, I realize now, of course, more than ever, now that I'm graduated and don't live close to majority of my friends, I, anytime I get to see them, obviously, as long as I'm not like sick or I don't have to work, I'm going to take that chance and see them, even if it means driving eight hours to a total round trip to be somewhere for like only like, you know, not even a full day. Like I will do it because it's just you know, I don't get to see them often. So I want to take advantage of that. And, um, I'm just really thankful I got to spend time with her. We literally stayed up until 3.30 in the morning, which if y'all know me at all, like that's not me. I do not stay up late. I am, you know, a very routine structured person. And I just, it, it was hurting me to go and do that because I was thinking of all the things that I needed to do. And it was stressing me out, but I was like, I need to do this. Like, I cannot just, you know, let life pi- pass me by like this and say no to doing things like this because that that's what, you know, makes me feel like I'm living is like being able to see my friends and stuff, not working, 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 working. Like, that doesn't feel like living. You know what I mean? So, I was like, I need to do this. And I, it was just so good to see her. We literally were just talking for like three hours three and a half hours last night like once we got back from dinner and being out and just catching up because a lot of my friends we not only do we live really far away from each other um I have some friends where we do text often but then I have some friends where we just don't even like stay in touch in terms of texting really and then it's like when we see each other then we catch up and I love both dynamics like I'm perfectly happy with both but of course when it's a situation where you don't really keep up a ton when you're apart you obviously like have like a lot to catch up on when you're together especially when it's somebody you don't really see that often so I'm just really thankful that I got to spend time with her because my soul needed it and it was just such a fun time like we went to the Katie Trail Ice House and that was like my first time going there and I've been to Dallas and I even lived in Dallas for a summer four years ago and I had never been and um went to Lawland of course because she had to go there since you know she's from Seattle and she doesn't get to go and we went to 60 Vines for dinner and we like laid out by the pool for a little bit today and we went to Beverly's for brunch and it was so good and so cute um it was just like a wholesome little day night trip situation so I'm just very thankful for it but I've been rambling for so long I'm so sorry I normally do not like to do this with episodes but um I'm I'm sorry I shouldn't be apologizing because I mean it's my podcast and I can like really (laughs) do what I want with it but I know that it can be frustrating if like you're waiting for a topic to start that it's like okay 20 minutes in we're just now starting but I have good content for you all so it's not like I'm just giving you all a bunch of fluff but I had to express all of my gratitude for you all and um for my talent manager for being so incredible all these years and just for being able to spend time with friends especially and honestly everything I just said about spending time with friends and like really getting uncomfortable with the fact that I am honestly like a little you know I need to probably do better about putting myself out there when it comes to meeting new people that is kind of on theme with today's episode 
in a way. So it was it was still on theme a little bit. But let's go ahead and get into the episode and talk about leaning into spending quality time with yourself in your 20s and leaning into independence. So the very first thing I want you to do before we get started with this episode is pause what you're doing right now unless you're driving, keep driving, Um, but pause what you're doing and just sort of check in like mentally and be here with me right now. And when I say these two words, I want you to internally, mentally take note of your initial reaction and feeling when I say these two words. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Alone time. How do you feel when you hear the words alone time? What do you feel inside of you? Maybe it brings you feelings of comfort and peace. Maybe it makes you feel uneasy. Maybe that phrase makes you feel lonely. Whatever you felt when I said the words alone time is totally valid and there is definitely a reason you feel that way. If it makes you feel warm inside, chances are you probably recharge well when you're alone and you know the value of spending time with yourself and at some point you've taken the time to explore and indulge in hanging out with yourself and taking care of yourself. However, if you feel more uncomfortable or lonely, maybe you haven't put much time or effort into alone time before because it makes you uncomfortable to be alone with your own thoughts or maybe your well-being is just too dependent on other people and you put your well-being in the hands of others or maybe you haven't figured out how to fill up your own cup yet when you're alone or maybe there are things that you went through alone as a child or a teenager that you shouldn't have had to go through alone and as a result now you tend to isolate yourself as an adult but you just haven't really figured out how to heal and be alone in a healthy way rather than isolating really though the goal of today's episode is to give you tips for learning how to actually enjoy your own company and have valuable alone time with yourself to where you can get to a point to when you hear the words alone time, you feel at peace and you feel safe and you feel comforted. And really just to help you embrace independence and alone time in your 20s. So really just hopefully getting to a place where you can heal whatever gave you those feelings that maybe weren't as comfortable or maybe were just more sad just getting to a place where you can heal all of those to where when you hear alone time it's something that brings you a sense of peace and comfort rather than uneasiness or feeling you know just not very settled or uncomfortable whatever it may be and like I said totally valid and feeling that way but the goal is today is to give you all tips to get to a place where you can feel comfortable when you hear those words and actually truly feel that way. And I also just want to know how so much of our lives revolve around other people's schedules or systems that have already been set in place, especially for like the first year, 18 years of our life when, you know, we're in elementary school, we're in middle school and high school. And then if you go to college, you likely have more free time or autonomy than you've ever had in your life before and you're in a position to fill that free time at your own will. And some people learn how to be comfortable with being alone during this time while others use this extra time to spend every moment they can with other people. And there's no right or wrong way to do it, but how you live your life and spend 
your time once you're past living on such a systematic schedule like you are in primary school how you start to spend that alone time and how you start to spend your time in general after all of that will determine how you feel about being alone and spending time with yourself and if you don't enjoy alone time and you do everything you can to avoid it there's a large chance that you just aren't quite sure how to enjoy your alone time either because you've never really tried it or you've been trying to force things to work that work for other people but just not for yourself and how you enjoy your alone time is subjective which is super important to remember Because everyone's going to have different preferences and it's important to spend your alone time in a way that feels authentic and true to you instead of forcing yourself to do what works for someone else. And some people may like spending their alone time outside their home, for example. Maybe that's trying new things or places and that may give some people anxiety while other people, that's how they like to spend their alone time. And the people, you know, that maybe it gives them anxiety to spend alone time outside of their homes, they probably prefer spending alone time in the comfort of their own home. And either way, it's totally fine. A blend of both is totally fine. But it's totally subjective. And that's the thing is you have to get to a point to asking yourself, you know, what what feels true to me and what is like something that I truly feel like is just authentic to me when it comes to spending time with myself. And I'm not trying to mirror the habits of somebody else online because I think it's going to make my life be just like theirs or just trying to force something to work because it's trending right now and I feel like that's what I need to do and truly just sitting down with yourself and you know figuring out what's authentic to you when it comes to alone time and I'm going to share six tips with you all to help you lean into being comfortable with alone time and really just leaning into that independence in your 20s. So the first thing is to create a sanctuary for yourself in each setting that you spend alone time in. And what I mean by this is making each situation as optimal as you can given the resources you have with where you're at when you're spending time alone. And for example, creating a sanctuary at home Maybe you like to spend your alone time in the comfort of your own home. How can you create a sanctuary for yourself that you can fall back on and have just a strong baseline when you need it and that you can rely on to be there to help restore you when it's time for you to have alone time? And creating a sanctuary can you know look like so many different things and it can mean so many different things, but... For example, when you're at home, you know, how can you make the alone time in your home as optimal as possible given the resources you have? So is it having your favorite robe and face mask and blanket or is it lighting some candles? Is it, you know, literally having a corner of your room dedicated to like you time where, you know, you have a bookshelf with your favorite books and your journal and you know, whatever it may be, just create a sanctuary for yourself. And this is so important so that you feel truly aligned with yourself and that your space feels like a reflection of you. And this is something that I have noticed is so, it's so much bigger of a deal than I thought it would be in my 20s. And you may hear this and think it sounds superficial, but it's not at all. 
And if you think it sounds superficial, chances are you just haven't been in a situation where you don't feel like your environment is isn't like aligned with you. Because for example, our home that we live in now, I love our home. And we just this is just me saying this. I am so beyond grateful for what we have and the fact that we even have hand-me-downs and we haven't had to buy like a lot of our furniture because my fiance's family has like moved and they had furniture that you know was just kind of in like their extra like bonus room or whatever that we were able to take when we moved in together so we have like one of his family's old couches and we love it like it is a like corduroy like mid-2000s like tuscan mustard yellow color which is i mean it's a hard color to work with to be honest but i don't really care because it's a free flipping couch I'm going to take a free flipping couch, especially when I'm a college student. You know what I mean? And we still love it. And when we have people come over, like, it's more comfortable to sleep on the couch than it is to sleep on the air mattress. So, like, it's a good situation. You know what I mean? Like, it is a very comfortable couch and we love it. Well, in our living room, like, we have that couch and then we also have, like, the rug that his parents got to go with it. But we haven't always had this rug, right? We've had my own rugs that I've had like in my apartments that I've gotten specifically for the spaces to like make it more hours since like the couch wasn't hours. But right now we have like, which the rug we've known is temporary. And if you watch my on YouTube, you know this, but the couch we plan on keeping until we just save up money for a couch. And to be quite honest, I don't really see us getting rid of this couch for, you know, a couple years unless something happens and we magically have money to spend on a couch <laughs> in the next coming years. But um, the rug situation, we did have my rug from my old apartment or our old apartment in downtown Houston. And since it was a lot smaller, the rug was a lot smaller. And now, you know, we live in a townhome and it's a lot bigger of a living room and the rug literally looked like a doormat in the living room because it was a five by seven rug and it wasn't even as wide as our couch so it looked really dumb but you couldn't tell in the apartment we were in just because of the layout of the apartment so we don't use that rug and basically my fiance's parents so graciously are letting us use the rug that they got to go with this couch until we just you know found one basically and I was telling my fiance, I was like, I am so thankful that they like are just like letting us, you know, use this stuff because it's so nice to not have to, you know, buy it right away and everything. And it's just very helpful, obviously. But I was telling him, I was like, you know, it's kind of crazy though, because I feel I have never felt this way when we've lived together and the other places we've lived together. But the living room just doesn't feel like ours because it's just not the stuff that like we necessarily like chose which we've gradually started you know making it ours of course but especially when we first moved in I was like I just don't really feel like this is a reflection of us because you know it's just not what we necessarily it's not really ours so it just doesn't really feel like our space if that makes sense and where I'm going with all of this is you know part of creating a sanctuary for yourself is having it be you know reflective of you and your interests and things you like and that's why it's so important to you know really allow yourself to just express that through the way you decorate your space instead of you know trying to force yourself to make things look super aesthetically pleasing for whatever reason and maybe that's what feels true to you which if it is then good for you for having such an aesthetic you know like 
style, I guess. But um, I was telling my fiance, it's just really hard to feel like it's our home when it's just not the stuff that we really chose. So I hope that that doesn't like come off wrong when I'm like saying this on here because I'm so beyond grateful for it. But I was telling him, I was like, it's very weird because it just doesn't like feel like ours and we I've never felt that way before. But I think it's because a rug is such a large like thing and it's kind of the first thing your eyes go to in a lot of situations. And because we've had our own rugs in the past, I haven't really like felt, I haven't really had any feelings about it, I guess. And now we just got a rug, a new one. And we haven't even unwrapped it yet because it just came in the mail yesterday. And I normally would not have bought a rug like when I'm like literally planning a wedding and having to spend a ton of money on wedding stuff. But I got a gift card for my grandma already like for my birthday and it was to Target and I had a little bit of another gift card and this rug was on sale for 140 flipping dollars for like an 8 by 10 Unreal. Absolutely unreal. So, and I have been... I first saw this rug around Black Friday and I've been sitting on it since then and just like asking myself, should I get it? Should I get it? And it's been on sale for a really long time. So I just keep getting worried that it's going to either go out of stock or just not be on sale anymore because it's been so long now. And I really like this rug because it matches this mustard yellow couch we have now, but it also fits the vibe of like how I want the living room to go once we do get our own furniture, if that makes sense. And with all this being said, you know, I wanted this rug so badly because the rug that we have in our place now it's very dark and it's like very very dark colors and the we don't get a ton of natural light which I've talked about a million times in the podcast and I feel like it just makes the space so much darker so I was like I want a brighter rug and a lighter rug with like a more of a cream base instead of like a black or dark base to just help brighten up the space because that is what I truly feel like I need in order for this to feel like a rejuvenating space when I come home and want to spend time in my living room for it to like really feel like ours. And, you know, my fiance agreed with me and everything, but I was like, we don't have to rush to get this rug. And that's the point I want to make here is creating a sanctuary for yourself does not need to be done at once. That does not mean you need to, you know, have your apartment decorated like through and through every single thing done as soon as you moved in. Like it is going to be a process, especially in today's flipping economy. Like we've been in our place since October. I literally thought about getting a rug for nearly five months and like we finally just got it. And it's because I was like, okay, I have a gift card now. So I'm really only paying, you know, like $40 for this rug or however much instead of what I would have paid. And we have, you know, so many ideas that we want to do with our space to make it more hours and like We so desperately want to get, you know, outdoor furniture so we can enjoy our outdoor space. But it's just like a gradual process and you just have to, that's why I wanted to emphasize creating a sanctuary for yourself and making the situation as optimal as it can be given your current resources with where you're at. And that's the big, like, key bold print is given the resources you have with where you're at. Because I don't want to sit here and say, create a sanctuary for yourself. So, you know, go spend all this money and like make your home exactly the way you want it to be and that's how you can create a sanctuary for yourself no you can create a sanctuary for yourself with everything you already have without spending money maybe it's just it's going to require you to move some furniture around maybe it's going to have you you know just decorate things a little bit differently like move things I don't know but given your current resources make yourself a sanctuary and 
it's just so important to have a place where you feel like you can just, you know, basically like have a sigh of relief when you come home to, you know what I mean? Not come home to and just be like, oh, I don't really feel like I'm home. And it's easier said than done. I know in a lot of situations, because maybe you're in a tough living situation where, you know, maybe you have a difficult roommate situation or with your family or something and you feel like you can't really get to that place of having, you know, something to fall back on and to be a sigh of relief at the end of the day. But that's why it's important to, you know, even if it's just your bedroom or just like a small space within your home, if you can create a sanctuary for yourself for you to be able to go to and have that alone time in. And for another example, creating a sanctuary for yourself in each setting that you spend your alone time in, say you're shopping or running errands, what could make that situation as optimal as possible for you to enjoy it? Maybe you used to shop or run errands with a friend that you aren't as close with anymore and going alone makes you feel sad. So how can you make the situation as optimal as possible given the resources you have? Find your favorite playlist to put on in the car as you drive or maybe you don't have a car and you Uber everywhere. Just bring your headphones with you and put in your favorite playlist and listen to music or a podcast or something as you shop around. Wear an outfit that you feel comfortable and confident in. Grab yourself your favorite meal or coffee while you're out if it's in your budget. You know, how can you make that alone time as optimal as possible given what you have and maybe you spend your alone time at the gym how can you make the gym a sanctuary for yourself so that you can have it to go to and look forward to and just go and be able to you know have that sigh of relief type of feeling and I think creating a sanctuary for yourself is so overlooked and underrated in terms of being able to feel comfortable spending time with yourself because I think it's really hard to like feel comfortable spending time with yourself and having true quality alone time with yourself if you aren't in an environment where you feel like it's yours and where you feel like it is just a breath of fresh air to you you know what I mean and it doesn't have to look a certain way it doesn't have to be a certain size it's all about it being in alignment with you and just feeling like as you as it possibly can be for an environment if that makes sense and the next thing is to remind yourself that you can do a lot of the things you do with others alone even if it feels weird to do so embrace that time with yourself and I think so many people are hesitant to spend time alone because sometimes they want to do things alone but they just think it'll be weird if they go do it alone but it's like you can you know, go out to eat by yourself. You can go to a workout class by yourself. You don't have to invite a friend every time you go. You can go to a coffee shop by yourself. You can go shopping, explore your city, spend time outdoors, whatever it is. Just for the sake of this episode to give you all ideas of things that you can do in your quality alone time. Maybe it looks like, you know, trying to create new recipes or maybe it's just following recipes and baking and cooking things. Or maybe it's going on walks. Maybe it's, you know, finding new restaurants in your area. Maybe it's reading your favorite book, binge watching your favorite TV series, watching your favorite YouTubers, who knows what it is, playing a certain video game, whatever that alone time looks like to you, you know, you can do it alone and you need to just embrace it because you need to realize that you can't wait on someone else to be there for you to do those things that bring you joy because don't you want to pour into your own cup as much as you pour into other people's cups? 
Like you don't need to have that other person there all the time to do those things to like validate you doing them. You are perfectly validated and doing them alone and you don't have to have somebody with you to do those things. And it's so important to just allow yourself to do it even if it may feel a little uncomfortable because maybe it's something that you traditionally do with someone else or maybe it's something that a lot of people do alone and you just don't feel comfortable doing it alone because you haven't done it alone before i know a lot of people who like trying new workout classes but they don't like going to places by themselves for the first time at workout studios which is absolutely understandable but you can also i mean if that's what makes you feel comfortable to go then by all means like find that friend to do it but also know that it's something that you can go and do by yourself once you get to a place where you're like, you know what, I think I can go and try this on my own today and I don't need to wait on you know, someone else to be able to do it with me. Like I can have this quality time with myself and go and try this by myself and like my feelings about it, just be my feelings about it and I don't have to like have someone else validate how my experience by making sure like they had a good time and that kind of thing. And the next thing is just really shameless expression and pursuit of your own interests and really this is all about authenticity and i think the true quality alone time for it to be meaningful to you and to like actually be rejuvenating and restoring your soul as you're doing it it has to be authentic and a lot of times i think we have our own interests but we almost feel a little bit of shame in them because maybe we think it's a little weird like maybe we really like reading a certain genre of books that you like maybe you are somebody that like really likes fantasy but all of your friends just like don't read fantasy or maybe you really like historical fiction and none of your friends do and you're just kind of like oh like I can't really talk to anyone about this because it feels weird but like no like be shameless and you know just own the things you're interested in and be proud of them because they're it makes you you it's part of your identity and for example when I was in high school and I discovered like vloggers and makeup the beauty community on YouTube I became obsessed like I my like literal after school routine would be like I would when I once I would get home from like volleyball practice I would literally like play a video while I would you know be like unpacking my stuff and getting ready like before dinner and everything and I would watch you know a beauty youtuber or I would watch a vlog from someone and it felt so weird because this was way before like being on YouTube was like cool it was definitely during the time where people were a hundred percent hardcore judged for like having YouTube channels and stuff like that which is just so sad to think about But I thought it was so weird that I was interested in that and that I watched those videos. And it was literally like, literally just makeup routines and vlogs and things like that. And I literally hid it like from my friends and my family because I just didn't really think it was normal. So I was just like, I, anytime like I was if my friends would like ask me what I would like say they texted me like oh what are you doing and say I was watching a YouTube video I wouldn't say oh watching YouTube I would be like oh just chilling like which I mean not that I need to be like so exact with what I'm doing that's a very like poor example but then like if my family were to come in my room like I always like would have another tab open that just like wasn't YouTube and I'm sitting here acting like I'm doing something terrible and I'm like why was I so shameful and something that is just like so purely a 
passion and interest of mine and I had so much shame associated with it and I was like oh it's weird like Kate McCann knew I do like watch this but like why it's so sad to think about and look back on and it honestly could have made me more friends or allowed me to feel more confident if I shamelessly expressed that interest that I had in makeup videos and vloggers because I basically created an insecurity out of something that I freaking cared about Whereas if I would have just owned it, I wouldn't have developed those shameful feelings around like watching YouTube and like I could have made more friends if I was like, oh, I really like watching this on YouTube. And then like, who knows, maybe somebody else was also watching them and I just didn't know because they weren't saying it either. Like, and it could have been a friendship. And I think back to when I was a freshman in college and I don't know, it would have been, yeah, it was before I started my YouTube channel. Um, one of my roommates in like, cause I was in a situation where it was like four people in one dorm, but we all had our own rooms and one of the girls, she moved into our like room late and not like super late, just like a month late after school started. And her and I were like, we're friends and everything. And we got along. But once we found out that we watched YouTube and we watched the same people on YouTube we like just our our friendship just went to another level because we realized we had this common interest that we could you know talk about and we could like be passionate about together and we came together and it like was something we bonded over and I'm like think of how many things in your life that you enjoy doing and you just kind of maybe maybe you don't necessarily feel shameful but it's just something you've kept to yourself because it's just like oh I don't really think other people like care it could be as simple as that. Like maybe you just think, oh, nobody really cares that I enjoy this. Okay, but think about the other people that are out there saying the exact same thing. Like that's literally a friend that you could have made. And like chances are somebody else also enjoys it. But, you know, you just not expressing that interest and not really like pursuing it and being shameless and enjoying it is, you know, you, you could be missing out on something. But you're also just selling yourself short and not allowing yourself to be the most authentic version of yourself if you're, you know, trying to conceal what you're interested in just for the sake of, you know, being normal, whatever that freaking means. What does normal even mean? Who cares? I don't want to be normal, okay? Like, who cares? It's, okay, whatever. But you get what I'm saying. I think that part of being able to lean into independence and just like spending alone time with yourself and it being true valuable alone time and it actually filling your cup at the end of the day means doing things that you truly enjoy and that you know you are interested in during that time and shamelessly doing so so that's a huge huge point and the next thing is to acknowledge the peace of your own company So much of our mood and energy is impacted by who we surround ourselves with, whether we realize it or not. And one way to really grow fond of spending time with yourself and becoming comfortable with it is to actually take the time to acknowledge how liberating and peaceful it is to be in your own company as compared to how it is with others around. I'm not really talking about how you feel by yourself internally because trust me, I get it. Some of us, including myself, struggle with silencing the chatter in our brains that is anything but peaceful when we're alone and I'm telling you here what I mean by this right now is to reframe your thinking so instead of dwelling on the fact that you're internally at war with yourself in your mind which does need tended to but that's not the point here remind yourself that 
when you are in your own company, you need to acknowledge the peace that comes with that solitude and not having the words and actions and energy of others around you impacting you. Then you will start to see the value in alone time and hopefully start to enjoy it more. And maybe that will inspire you to help yourself internally during that alone time so you can get to a place where you don't feel at war with yourself since you probably never gave yourself alone time to do so before. And you also gain a lot more clarity of what's true to you and in alignment with yourself when you eliminate the external noise, which is key to finding inner peace. So it's a win-win even if you don't initially feel comfortable being alone because of those inner battles you face. Like, think about it. Oftentimes, we're so cognizant of other people's opinions and seeking external approval that we don't ever get the chance to find inner peace because we're so worried about what's going on around us and pleasing other people. And it becomes the cause of a lot of that inner turmoil that we face in our minds. So maybe you're uncomfortable with being alone because of that inner war with yourself. But if you take the time to acknowledge the external peace that comes with being alone as compared to the lack of external peace when you're surrounded by others, you'll slowly start to be more in tune with your true self because you'll be silencing that noise by acknowledging the external peace that's there when you're alone. And you will be more in tune with your true self and inner voice, which will in turn lead to true internal peace and fighting that internal war with yourself as you grow to be more authentically yourself. And I think that this one's just so underrated because we don't realize that inner peace is often like one of the biggest things that disturbs and disrupts our inner peace is those external things around us that, which of course there's things that we do not have control over, but that's the thing you need to get to a point where it's like, okay, the things that are outside of my circle of control, I can't let those disrupt my baseline of inner peace. But there are external factors that we can control, such as who we surround ourselves with and, you know, how our routines are and like where we are at certain times of day and everything. And those types of things absolutely can disrupt our inner peace. But if they're within our control, you know, obviously we want to control them as much as we can. And really finding inner peace is key to being able to have like really quality alone time with yourself because like I said somebody like me I have been through many phases in my life where being alone was really hard because of my thoughts when I'm alone and it can be really hard to get to a place where you feel comfortable being alone when your thoughts when you feel like you're like at war with yourself and your thoughts and part of getting to a place where you know you can feel okay being alone is really just recognizing okay maybe being alone is hard because I am at war with myself internally but it is kind of nice not having the worry about pleasing all these people right now because there's nobody around me and it is kind of nice not you know having to you know hold a conversation with somebody or listen to what someone has to say or you know take someone else's opinion into consideration or you know internalize the way this person's feeling because when you don't have all of that around you there is a peace in that. And a lot of times we just overlook it. But if we can remind ourselves, hey, maybe it's a little uncomfortable being alone because of you know the thoughts and the war I'm at with myself in my head. But it is kind of nice that I'm not having to deal with all that external noise. And when we recognize that, that is like a step towards getting a little bit more comfortable being alone with ourselves. You know what I mean? 
And the next thing is really, it's not really a tip. It's just sort of a point I want to make. But my periods of loneliness in life have often been followed by very fruitful seasons. And when they weren't followed by fruitful seasons, it's because I wasn't having true, authentic alone time and I was trying to distract myself from my feelings of loneliness and never really gave myself that true shot of having, you know, actual good alone time with myself. For example, my freshman year of high school, I was super lonely because I, the high school I went to, it wasn't like the high school that most people went to from my middle school. So like there were people from my middle school that I knew at my high school and that I actually was very close with, but we like didn't have any classes together. So it was kind of just like starting over basically. And a lot of people at my high school had known each other since they were either in middle school, elementary school, and maybe some even since like pre-K or diapers basically, which makes it hard when you're, you know, a freaking freshman in high school and you're walking into a situation where it's like, oh, everybody already knows each other. This is great. And I constantly just felt like I didn't belong and that like I, even when I was surrounded by people and even when I started making friends, I just felt like no one really understood me and no one really like saw me for who I was and everything just felt very surface level and I just felt like I didn't have any like true solid friendships for a while and I coped with that those feelings of loneliness by like constantly having something going on so I wouldn't ever have to be alone because I hated when I would was alone because I hated like the thought pattern and the thoughts I would have when I was alone and that was when I was alone, that was my time when I would actually let myself feel things. So just to distract myself from those uncomfortable feelings, I would keep myself as busy as possible. And what that looked like was, you know, always like having plans, even if that meant being with people who honestly just made me feel more lonely at the end of the day. Whereas I could have been, I could have been physically, literally alone and felt more, felt less lonely than if I would have been, you know, surrounded by people and it reminds me of that um quote from a cinderella story have you ever been like in a room full of people what what is it when they're like in some messaging or whatever i don't know but it makes me think of that quote and um i would constantly distract myself by making sure i always like found plans and was surrounding myself with you know people friends group friend groups doing things and you know, just always staying busy because I just didn't want to be alone. And I was constantly distracting myself and it wasn't healthy for me because I was just so uncomfortable being alone and feeling those difficult emotions that I struggle with that I did anything I could to not be alone. And as a result, I was in this never ending cycle of feeling drained and super lonely because I was never taking care of myself. And I was really just avoiding, you know, alone time as much as I could. And as a result, it just ended up in this really vicious cycle of feeling more and more lonely and trying to fill that void with like things that were not going to fill the void because I, at the end of the day, I was just never giving myself quality alone time where I could, you know, be alone with my thoughts and my feelings and like let myself feel those things because I was always trying to avoid it. Whereas on the other hand, I was really lonely my freshman year of college freshman year just like not a good time for me clearly um across the board but my freshman year of college it was just really difficult because I went to the University of Alabama 
very heavy Greek life school. I didn't rush and that was extremely hard because all of my roommates rushed and one of my roommates who's now one of my bridesmaids um, and absolutely love her to death she we were roommates and like we were from the same high school which was great but I also knew that you know okay like she's gonna be rushing so she's gonna be like meeting new people finding new friends whatever and it wasn't like a situation where we were like absolute besties going to being roomies it wasn't one of those situations it was kind of like we were in we were good friends but we mainly hung out in more group settings in high school I would say whereas we hang out one-on-one more now than we did in high school if that makes sense so I was in this position where I felt like everyone around me, you know, already had their friends and made friends. And here I was, and I, I was months in the school, and I was like, I have not made a single friend. And there are people who already have, like, their bridesmaids. And I'm just like, this is really stressful and overwhelming, and I feel very alone. Especially those first few weeks of school, like, when girls do rush a sorority and they go on their retreat right after bid day. And I, it was like literally the second weekend of me being in my dorm and I was there completely alone for an entire like weekend with like, and it was before classes started. So it was like, oh, this whole Friday to Monday, there's absolutely nothing to do. And everyone, like everyone in my dorm is gone because they're on these retreats, like making all these new friends in their sorority. And here I am like alone in my dorm room. And it's like, great, this doesn't seem like a way to meet people, obviously. So it was an incredibly lonely season and it made me very uncomfortable. But instead of avoiding those feelings of loneliness and trying to, you know, fill that void by distracting myself and, you know, constantly keeping myself busy, I just leaned into the loneliness. I was like, you know what? This freaking sucks so bad and I hate it. And I am embarrassed all the time because I'm doing everything alone like I was like I feel like so many people go to the grocery store with their roommates and their friends and go to the dining like eating alone in the dining halls was humiliating and I mean maybe that's just me being a little too self-centered thinking that everyone's paying attention to the fact that I'm eating alone which honestly they probably were because freshman year people do pay attention to that I'm not gonna lie and because I noticed it like I would notice when somebody was eating alone because I like you know kind of felt bad for them and I'm sure people probably looked at me and was like wow that girl's alone but it was just something that I chose to lean into because I was kind of in a situation where I was like I can't do what I did in high school where I was like oh I can just you know make plans with people all the time because there just weren't people that I knew there so it wasn't like I could just make plans with people and like it be a surface level situation and I could distract myself like I just had to lean into the loneliness but you know what came out of leaning into that loneliness and just forcing myself to be okay with spending alone time with myself it led to me starting my YouTube channel and obviously so many blessings have come from that some of my absolute closest friends and most of my closest friends actually I would not know today if it wasn't for YouTube and maybe I would maybe I'm sure I would have met some of them eventually but all basically all of my friendships from college except for two there's probably like eight close friendships I would say I have from college and I'm not like I'm not for sure saying that number. I'm just like guessing off the top of my head. Out of those eight friends, I like six of them I met through YouTube. So it's absolutely crazy to think like how much YouTube like helped me with when it came to like making close friends that I'm still friends with now. And 
starting my YouTube channel came after a lonely season, which was a, it was a very fruitful thing. Like it, it's crazy because when I chose to lean into the loneliness, I like was really able to tap into, you know, okay, I feel really lonely, but what's something that would make me feel whole and fulfilled? Like what interest could I lean into and just really like hone in on and just pursue shamelessly, like I already mentioned, and look what happened. You know, I knew I was so passionate about helping others and, you know, inspiring other people. And I didn't really know how I wanted to do that. And then I was like, I've always loved like photography and I've always loved like YouTube videos. And I loved it in high school, but I was ashamed of it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm in a place where nobody knows me. And what do I have to lose? And I leaned into that during all of that alone time that I had, you know, I, each day I would get more and more confident with, you know, just biting the bullet and doing it and creating a YouTube channel. And then I finally did one day. Whereas if I would have been distracting myself that whole time and not allowing myself to be alone with my uncomfortable feelings, I wouldn't have gotten to that point of desperation where I was like, I just need to do something that's like a creative outlet for me where I can really just be passionate about something I'm interested or be shamelessly passionate for something and lean into it and being able to do that was life-changing as opposed to the times that I you know in high school when I was just like oh I'm gonna distract myself as much as I can and then it was just like a never-ending cycle of feeling lonely and it ended up turning into so much more when I ran into the same situation in college because I handled it completely differently. You know what I mean? So it's really that that's just more so a testament of how impactful it can be to lean into your alone time and just embrace it and see what comes out of it. Because if you're neglecting that alone time with yourself, chances are like you're just like not really allowing yourself to have all of the creative freedom that you could have and you're not really allowing yourself to fully express your interests shamelessly like I mentioned and when you do that like a lot of things can come from it I guess is what I want to say and then last but not least the last point I want to make for leaning into just being independent and leaning into alone time in your 20s is that a lot of the feelings you're looking for outside of you and other people and other places are already inside of you you just forgot to look there and I think so many of us in our 20s are constantly looking to others to fill our cup um, or we're only allowing ourselves to feel content and happy satisfied with the contingency of being with other people or having plans or whatever it may be or we're subscribing to the narrative of contingent happiness in general so like telling ourselves I'll be happy or I'll feel like I made it or I'll feel content when blank happens you know whether that's when I find a significant other when I buy my first home when I get my dream job when I move to the city whatever it is But you can feel those same feelings that those things would give you and be happy with where you're at now if you think to look inwards first instead of putting those feelings entirely in the hands of some future event and being dependent on that box being checked for you to feel that way. And like granted, of course, like you're not going to feel the exact same feelings as you would if you, you know, had your dream job or you found a significant other. But what I'm saying is, you know, like you can still be 
a whole person and fulfilled and happy without checking those boxes. And a lot of times, you know, we're looking for that happiness and that fulfillment in external things when we can absolutely find it within ourselves if we just think to look there first. But so many of us are, we just want to run to the things around us instead of running to ourselves when it comes to feeling a lot of those feelings and feeling happy and fulfilled and we're just always looking outward instead of thinking to look inward and it's important to look at both but I think that we neglect looking inward more often than not and I think of how I used to fill my loneliness void in high school by always having someone to talk to but I always still felt lonely like I was the type of girl that was like always you know, like I had like a best friend and I was, I felt like I was always talking to like somebody, like I was always not like dating, but just like had a situationship. Situationship wasn't a term at the time, but I always was in a situationship with someone and it would always last like two weeks and then I'd get kind of like the egg and I'd just be like, okay, like whatever. I don't actually want to be in a relationship. I just like am trying to fill this loneliness void by whoever's available and like there in front of me at the moment. And then I would realize that it was surface level and then I'd be like, yep, never mind, bye. And so basically if it was like something that somebody that I couldn't connect with emotionally, I which most of the time I never really felt like I connected with anyone emotionally in high school so I was like all right like if I can't then see ya after two weeks basically and I was always trying to fill that loneliness void by like having someone to talk to and it was because I was neglecting myself and I didn't know how to spend time with myself in a way that filled my own cup and in a way that I enjoyed and was authentic to me and I could have looked inwards and started doing things I truly enjoyed in my free time shamelessly and I wouldn't have felt so lonely because I was searching for something to fill that void for so long and failing when all along I could have just, you know, been there for myself and given myself that feeling and been in a much healthier position for friendships and relationships than the way I was doing it basically. Because it's like I didn't like spending time with myself because it was like when I was alone and I would have alone time in high school I would just constantly think about how I just felt so misplaced and just like I didn't belong and that you know I just didn't feel like anyone understood me and I feel like that's just like kind of a cycle of thoughts and feelings that a lot of high schoolers do struggle with because it's just a very it's you know typically just a very hard few years and then you kind of go through a more adult version of it in college and then you go through another adult version of it when you start work and it's just hard because you know you go through that and if you're uncomfortable being alone you're going to find distractions to keep yourself from being in that headspace where you're ruminating on your those thoughts and that was my issue is every time it was you know like a weekend night and I was alone I just spiraled and I was ruminating on I'm so alone nobody gets me like I'm surrounded by all these people but I still feel so lonely and it was just like this sad situation but it's like I could have you know looked inwards and just like found a lot of that fulfillment and happiness if I was just honest with myself about my interests and if I was just honest with myself about what I loved and enjoyed and who I like to be around and was and if I wouldn't have been so focused on 
distracting myself and if I wasn't so focused on having my life look a certain way, if I just would have embraced authenticity a little bit more and looked inward and, you know, looked inward for that authenticity and been as myself as I possibly could, I would have saved myself from a lot of those feelings of loneliness because I would have been, you know, like at the end of the day, I have myself and I love me and I love who I am, but I genuinely didn't back then because I just felt so alone. So as a result of feeling so alone, I took it personally and then I was like, I can't love myself because, you know, it's like I feel so alone. So it's like why, you know, if I feel alone, then that means like I I just can't love myself because it's like clearly I'm not like loved like that by other people, which was so false. And I thought if I wasn't, if I didn't feel, you know, satisfied in friendships or relationships and fulfilled that I couldn't be happy with myself and I couldn't love myself but that's so not how it is and it was just a very like toxic situation with myself and at the end of the day it could have been so much better if I just looked inwards instead of looking outwards to fill that void and that's really the point I wanted to make there but those are all of the little things I have to say about leaning into independence and quality time with yourself in your 20s And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was definitely a little vulnerable. And I know I've talked about some of this stuff before that I mentioned in the episode. Like I know I've mentioned and discussed contingent happiness a lot. I know I've talked about like my freshman year of college and how difficult that was. I've talked about high school some. um, And I'm so I'm sorry if you've like heard some of that stuff before. But it all serves a purpose in this episode because all of it at one point was you know part of my journey of learning to love spending time with myself and I'm now at a point where if I don't get my alone time I am like completely unwell I'm not fun to be around because I'm just like I didn't have time to fill my own cup before I was put in a situation where I need to be filling other people's cups and when that happens it's just not good because I just don't feel like I'm recharged and rejuvenated in a place where I can be the friend I need to be or the significant other I need to be or the family member I need to be. And alone, my alone time is so important to me. And if I don't get it, I literally go nuts. So it's just absolutely crazy how much of a 180 I've done. But I mean, it's taken years for me to get this way because I used to be in a position where I hated alone time so much because of the way I felt when I was alone and a lot of that was because I just didn't really know how to enjoy my own company and I didn't allow myself to be my authentic self I didn't accept myself for the things that I enjoyed and I thought that I needed to enjoy specific things and live a certain life and all of these things and because my true interests weren't in alignment with the way I thought things needed to be from you know the outside perspective I got to a point where I hated spending time with myself because I just didn't know how and I didn't let myself be authentic, authentically me and enjoy the things that I loved. Whereas now it's like, I'm like, you know what? I love doing this and I love, you know, playing Animal Crossing as my alone time. And like, you know, in high school, I would have never admitted something like that. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, no, that's something I love doing in my alone time because it's so mindless and I enjoy it. I love reading. I love going on walks. I love listening to music. I love cleaning. I love cooking and baking. And I'm just sitting here like shamelessly saying it all because guess what? That's me. And that's how I like to spend my alone time. And that's what recharges me at the end of the day. And 
I love spending time with myself because it is just a way for me to fill my own cup up and I'm no longer, you know, looking for other people to fill that for me and depending on other people to do that because when I was doing that in high school, my cup was always empty because nobody was obviously going to fill it if it's something that I was neglecting myself and I never give myself the shot to, you know, fill my own cup basically. So I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and I hope it was helpful for you all or insightful in some way or another because I know it's something that we all struggle with at some point or another in our lives and it's something that's like very cyclical like you'll go through times where you know you're really great with your alone time and then you'll go through times where you don't like spending time alone and you don't really put a lot of effort into it and that's just part of life but I hope this episode was helpful for you nonetheless but I love y'all so much thank you so much for listening and for sticking around and I hope you all have a great day and I will talk to you all next Monday